Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to High Trust Today, the podcast. I'm on a quest to help people win in business and in life. To do that, I know they must trust themselves, their relationships, their business, and they most certainly must trust their future. When you do that, you set in motion a universe of possibilities, and that journey begins right now. I wanted to jump on today uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think that there is a tremendous amount of of guidance that's necessary today in the volatile times that we're kind of in, not only volatile as a country, but if you've been watching the market, obviously. Um, I posted something from Fannie Mae this morning that uh, had a pretty involved synopsis on kind of what's happening with the market and so on and so forth. And it's good times and it's hard times, right? And so um, my perspective today has to do with four decisions that I think every professional needs to embrace in volatile times. And that's really what I, I wanted to chime into. And I'm not going to get into any of the, the deep economics of the, the industry. Uh, I know that uh, all you have to do is look at the Fannie Mae Post and, you know, volumes in, in the first two months of 2019 were about three and a half billion dollars and volumes in the first two and a half months of 2020 are about seven point six billion uh, and uh, you you look at that and you just start to think about, you know, just, you, you know, we're lucky to be in the business we're in, but we're also in a business right now that's challenged. So let me let me start off by um, by telling you one thing that I think everybody has to absolutely own in the times that we're in. And uh, I'm going to tell tell it to you by telling you a quick story. So. Um, as is the case with, with almost everything uh, today, we can't go to churches, we can't go to hotels, we can't go to open meetings, we can't do any of that stuff. And so Deb and I decided to go to church uh, this Sunday online, and um, it was very interesting. The pastor was talking about um, kind of uncertainty, right? And we know the Chinese characters that, uh, that explain crisis also um, simultaneously say that in any tough time, there's, there's opportunity um, and obviously there is challenge, there's good and there's bad. Anyway, our pastor was talking about the solution to get through any difficult time. And I'm a believer that that difficult times shape us. I'm a believer that um, the tough times that we face are the times that really bring out our character and who we are as individuals. I believe that uh, tough times never last. I think tough people do. And, and I'm counting on that, you know, as we watch the, the leaders of this country navigate, as we watch the world respond to this uh, uh, unprecedented time in history. We look at SARS and we look at MERS and we look at some of these things from the past. And, you know, America had two people die with, uh, with SARS and uh, with H- H1B and, or HV1, whatever that one was. Um, we had 11 people die. And, and right now you look at the, 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 the U.S. just alone. And, you know, it's sad. There's a lot of people that are, are going down because of this unprecedented virus that we're all, you know, viewing and watching. And um, and yet I know that through this time, there's there's two things that navigate um, how we stay strong. And, and one is whether we approach the the circumstances from a position of fear and panic. And, and we see a lot of that happening right now or whether we approach a situation from a position of faith. Um, I think faith calms. I think uh, faith comforts. I think faith slows down worry. I think that that faith is a really good thing. Faith in our science, faith in our medicine, faith in our doctors, faith in our government, faith faith in this task force. You know, we we look at that. Um, on the other end, we have this this idea of fear, and and all you have to do is I did Monday, and you could have told me a hundred million times what it was like for you to go to a grocery store. But until I actually went to not one, not two, not three, not four, but five grocery stores on Monday, 
I had no idea, even though I, I kind of assumed it as I talked to our lead group in Savannah last week, I assumed that people were panicking and I assumed that people were overreacting. And it's interesting that if you're fearful um, and you're overreacting, it creates more overreaction in the society in which you live. And all you have to do is look at shelf upon shelf. I went to Trader Joe's the other day and it looked like pirates had landed and stripped the store of everything. It was just just amazing. You walked through the front door and I walked out with nothing. And it was just like, wow. And I took pictures of it to remind me how grateful I am that, you know, that I have a, a position of faith in this. So back to my pastor, what did he say? And you might want to write this down because it's it's true in anything. It's true in sales and marketing. It's true in fiscal literacy. It's true in being a husband or a wife, a grandmother, a grandfather, a son, a daughter. It's true in everything. It's true in every difficult situation that you ever find yourself in, that I ever find myself in. And, um, and, and the recipe is these, these simple words, feed your faith, starve your fear, feed your faith, start, starve your fear. And when we look at the market we're in, we're reminded of something that is true. And that is everybody's facing at some level, the same thing. And we happen to be in the, the mortgage business and the, the real estate business. And we happen to watch you know, hit the lowest that they've hit in history. And, and we look at that and we look back at over 200 years and we go, this is a good time to be in the mortgage business, but it's also a hard time to be in the mortgage business. You look at what's happened with, um, with bonds and, and mortgage-backed securities and the market drying up and then the market coming back and you look at unprecedented falls in the market in terms of the, 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 the downward percentage of the entire, you know, NASDAQ, Dow, you know, Dow, Jones, uh, you know, S&P, all those things. And then you, you, you see the next day a little bit of a cutback and then you see good news and the market improves and then you see <clears throat> fear and the market declines. And, and we're, we're having to manage that with pricing and locks and, and all that stuff. And it's, it's unprecedented. But when you, when you approach situations from a position of faith instead of fear, you actually grow your strength. And here's what our pastor said. He said, if you, if you don't starve your fear, if you feed your fear, you will starve your faith. And, and if, you, if you feed your faith, you will starve your fear. And so the, the, the chance for us to rise to greatness right now, the chance for us as an industry to, uh, to really resonate with the difficulty of the situation um, is going to, in a lot of ways, determine when we get to the other side of this, how you fared and, and where you are. And I, I wrote down um, something that our, one of my life coaches talks about, and I showed this at Mastery last year. She said that what's in front of you is exactly what should be. And I know that sounds like a crazy idea because nobody woke up three weeks ago and said, you know, we're getting ready to, to have a, one of the most scary viruses that's ever hit the, you know, the, the stage, the world. Nobody ever said that. But here we are three weeks into it, and actually it started in November with the first case. But it's it is frontline. It is it is the news today, right? And we're seeing this, and we're watching it, and we're hearing it. And um, you got to respond. You got to respond, and you got to be strong, and you've got to be committed to your best version of you as you go through this. Everybody in high trust today, everybody that's in the mortgage industry that we've impacted and that our partners have impacted, everybody has a chance to make an amazing difference right now. And so when we, when we think about faith and fear, we think about um, if I have a position of faith, which is I have confidence, right? I have confidence um, as a country, we're going to get through this. I have confidence as a part of the global society that we're going to get through this. I have confidence as 
the, the mortgage professional that I am that we're going to get through this. Um, we got to adapt. We got to be nimble. We got to be um, willing to do new things, new ways over the period of time that we're in. Um, and, and those things are going to change everything that we do and how we do it. And it will determine right now what we look like when we get to the other side. So when I, when I said four things you have to embrace, let me tell you what the four things are. And you might want to write these down. So the first thing you have to embrace um, has a lot to do with mindset, and it's winning. And that's the word that I want you to focus on over the next eight weeks as we kind of go through this, this lockdown. I mean, California's locked down. Businesses are locked down. You know, I'm working from home, and, and probably most of you or many of you are. Hotels are shut down. Uh, you know, economies are, are getting hammered. And, uh, and you look at this, and you start to think about, okay, winning. Well, you, you, you have a choice. Whenever you approach a situation, how you approach it determines how you get through it. So if we're going to win, we're going to win psychologically around confidence that, that we're going to solve this. Um, we're going to win around the idea that I have, I have faith and, and confidence that, that the world at large, especially the United States, is going to make it through this. And you look at any trouble we've had over history. Uh, we go back to 9-11. We go back to the Great we go back to 2008. We're going to win. We're going to get through it. We're going to learn a lot of lessons, but we're going to win. But to win, you can't see fear as fear. To win, you have to see fear as part of the equation in terms of how you survive and then how you thrive. And fear is, is interesting. I mean, a lot of people know the traditional definition of the acronym, right? Um, false experiences appearing real. Why the grocery shelves are empty is because everybody is forecasting that we're going to be in a scarce society and there's not going to be anything left. I went into a grocery store last night on the way from the office and they had about 50 pallets of new things getting stocked overnight in the store. And, and we're going to be able to sustain this, but, but we have to look at winning from a standpoint of a commitment. We have to believe that we're and we have to believe that together as a society, we're going to win. You got to believe right now that capacity, even though it's strained, you're going to win in business. Uh, you got to believe right now that you're going to win in one of the greatest markets we've ever had in terms of interest rates by um, doing some things I'm going to talk about just momentarily. You got to have a winning mindset. And I was, I was looking at, at um, some other definitions of, of fear. And, and when you take FEAR, one of the definitions is face everything and rise, right? How do we face everything and rise and and that's the that's the question of the day right how do we right now in the the society in which we are make every day a winning day and and ultimately how do you take what the world is seeing as negative and i'm not minimizing it it is scary but at the end of the day how do you get excited about discovery i'll give you an example so um, 45 people in Washington are now and have now begun the first round of, of trial tests for the coronavirus uh, vaccine, right? And if you if you listen to the doctors, and this is a, this is a business lesson right here. If you listen to any of the doctors uh, that are on the task force, what they're telling us is that as soon as this vaccine is developed, it's not only going to solve the the, the COVID-19 problem that we have, it's also going to solve three or four other respiratory illnesses for which there is not a vaccine. So one moment in time that is clearly a hard, hard faith testing moment in time is going to produce a product response 
that's going to solve other issues in that domino effect. Just like you, when you change anything in your mortgage practice for the positive, <clears throat> it should have a domino effect on other things in your mortgage practice. And so when we think about winning, it, it is clearly a mindset. And, and one of the things I wrote down is, is how you see one thing really determines how you see everything. And it points me back to a, a great book that my grandmother gave me when I was 16 called Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude. And in that, in that particular book, lots of great things. But I, I remember a quote that went something like this. There's very little difference between people that succeed and people that fail. But the little difference is the big difference. The little difference is attitude. And the big difference is whether it's positive or negative. Um, when you study Martin Seligman, who is, is probably the preeminent authority on the psychology of success and more importantly, happiness and optimism, he tells us that if you have a faith bent towards any situation, a sales call, a borrower who's pushing you for this, um, a real estate agent who might be pushing you for this, a manager that maybe you've had a break in trust with, Whatever it is, what he tells us is that if you see the good in that instead of the bad in that, you will be most often two to three times more successful than the person who takes that same situation and sees it as negative. And so faith promotes an attitude of winning. Uh, we sent out a, a response, a, a, a email response today from, you know, our, our company and the hearts that we have about what is going on. And, you know, one of the things that Linda Davidson tells me all the time is we think through how we navigate structuring content and, and sales mastery and things like that. Um, some of the words I remember most from her in our conversations are the words, this too will pass. And we know it will. We know that tough times never last, tough people do. So what's your attitude every day towards winning? The second thing that I, I want to talk about is I want to talk about um, embracing connection and connection most specifically during difficult times, right? Um, I, uh, I, I, I got something from my father-in-law today and it just came in and, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a generic word, but the negativity um, about that, you know, the, the, the fear about that um, and the force, the force in the world about that goes a little bit like this. I will cause anxiety. I will cause fear and panic. I will shut down business, schools, places of worship, and sports events. I will cause economic turmoil. That is the fearful bent towards the universe in which we live. The faithful part of this is I will bring together neighbors. I will restore the family unit. I will bring dinner back to the kitchen table. I will help people slow down their lives and appreciate what really matters. I'll teach my children to rely on me and not the world. I'll teach my children to trust me and not their money and material resources. And good or bad, you know, fear, faith. And it's an interesting, interesting dynamic to look at. So this should bring us together. This should sow a, a tighter knit society. This should, this should bring out the best in people. Um, and you've got to have this attitude that, um, that this is going to change. I mean, if I hadn't had my attitude as a brand new LO when we were in the worst econo economic times in the history of the business up until 2008, um, if I didn't have that same bent towards faith and winning, I guarantee you when interest rates were 19%, there's no way that I could have been a top producer. I had to have a positive approach to the business. So winning is one. And then connecting is the second, which is 
how do I take the, the idea of trust and how do I take what we call the trust continuum and how do I really understand that? So here's four things about connecting. You can connect at a performance level. So if, if, I, if I have the ability right now, the capacity right now, the intellect right now, and the team right now to handle the load that's coming in, then if I have every loan that comes through the pipe, every experience that a goes through, if, if I'm closing loans on time and not ugly and I'm managing capacity and locks the right way, then I've got what's called performance trust. And performance trust is really, 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 really important. It's the minimum ingredient to enter uh, the business, right? Performance is everything. The borrower experience is everything. The realtor experience is everything. Over here on that same continuum is this idea of, of uh, relationship trust. So if I have performance trust and I have relationship trust, um, the more that I expand relationship trust, the less performance trust is the deal maker or breaker. It doesn't mean it can get soft. It doesn't mean it can get ugly. It doesn't mean that, that if you constantly underperform that the relationship will allow that to survive. <clears throat> but those who don't build the relationship piece and only focus on the performance piece are missing the opportunity to deepen relationship, to improve elasticity when times get tough, and deals might have challenges. Um, again, you know, we had an issue with a, a major vendor two years ago at Sales Mastery, and somebody threw this vendor under the bus from stage. I didn't know it was going to happen. Uh, the the vendor didn't know it was going to happen. But from a performance standpoint, we failed this vendor. But the relationship was strong, and so when we went to recover this vendor, we did it in an enormous, enormous. Um, show of, of confidence and value. And, and, and within about two months, that vendor and, and us were back in sync. And the relationship is actually what allowed um, us to continue in love performance, not being anywhere close to what their expectation was. Now, we can't build a business around that, right? You've got to you got to win and you got to, most of the time, you've got to do what exactly you say and the promises you make are critical. And so when we, we look at the performance relationship piece, it's really, really critical. Down here, we have the economic piece and the emotional piece. And what I can tell you is the economic piece is one big fuzzy, you know, ball of, of energy right now. When we look at bonds and we look at pricing, we look at um, uh, cost of funds, we look at uh, treasuries. We look at uh, interday repricing. I mean, at Elite in uh, last Friday in Savannah, I think there were 13 reprices within about two hours. It was just crazy, right? But you've got to understand the economics drive the relationship. But more important than the economics is the emotional connection. And the emotional connection is what allows um, for the value to happen. It allows for you to be more um, tangibly valuable to a consumer and to the referrers of those consumers than almost anything. And what we know about the economics is the deeper the emotional relationship, the deeper the connection with the, the relationship, the less you will ever feel pricing pressure. And it's not to say that, 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 that it goes away entirely, but I can tell you right now, when I look at people that know how to connect emotionally, I can I can tell you with 100% certainty that there will be less pressure in whatever the emotional uh, the uh, economic components are of the relationship or the transaction. 
And so we, we really have to start to look at, at what I, I brought up at Mastery, that we've got to be more about um, connecting and attracting than we do about promoting and selling, right? And so we, we've got to really today um, connect at a higher level possible. And there's ways to do that, I think, that are, are critical. And, and obviously, the move to video is, is really important, particularly in times like we're in right now. I mean, this little tool right here, right, this little tool right here or, you know, your your desktop in front of you or, you know, your, your a recording studio, if you have one video is the, the future. I'm going to I'm going to quote something right now from uh, from Mark Zuckerberg at, at Facebook. Um, this was last week. He said he said, I see video as a mega trend, same order as mobile. We're going to be in a world in a few short years from now where the vast majority of content between people and businesses will be video. And, you know, I know thought leaders in our business, uh, you know, Dave Savage is on right now. Thought leaders in our business have been talking about this um, for years, right? And, and, and when you have a guy like, like Mark that is saying it is the new norm, it is as big a disruption to, to business and life as mobile technology was, uh, having had the fifth cell phone in Orange County, California, 30 years ago, I can tell you right now that, that that's the move. And there's a real difference between saying something and, and recording something and have that said. I got a video yesterday from one of our lead guys. It was a 90-second video, and he was in his backyard in Utah after coming home from Savannah. And he just laid down a 90-second beautiful thank you message to me. And I think we got to get away from pure automation as an efficiency we brag on. And we got to understand that automation doesn't allow for connection necessarily. So embedded video is better than no video and video texting is better than video messaging and, and video rules today. Um, so I want you to think about it from a connection standpoint. The third thing you have to embrace is you have to, you have to embrace solving. <clears throat> and the future of our business is he who creates the best solutions um, is going to have the best clientele, the best client loyalty, the best client stickiness. And you've got you've to gotta realize right now, and it's hard to realize this when the market is like it is. And, and you know, we've got, we've got rates that two weeks ago or just a week ago dipped to the lowest rates that we've ever, ever seen. And then they pop back up on, on Monday and Tuesday. I think Monday was probably the heaviest lock day. Um, uh, of any lock days we've ever seen, uh, you know, when we look at this, this past week in, in the rearview mirror. Um, and what I know is, is that today there's three things you have to do. And this gets back to what, you know, I've been promoting for years. And that is, is you've got to be really, really good at the advice that you add. So I wrote down, you know, know the market, right? And, and this is the time to revisit um, what are the mechanisms you use? What are the educational platforms you study every morning? You know, where are you connected? What are your midday and interday and, and afternoon alerts that you look at so you can be savvy? And I know that this is a savvy group and I know that, that you probably have all that set up. But I want you to know the more knowledge you have, okay, the more attractive you become. And if you, if you don't understand the knowledge transfer, the, the, the unique, disruptive, selling proposition of knowledge, then you're missing a lot of what's going to be necessary going forward. One thing we know about this market with 100% certainty is it's going to change. And, and what goes down comes up. And we know that there's going to be a time. I don't know when. I don't know, you know, when we'll pop up 
on top of four. I, I don't know when the market's going to slow due to rates and, and, and market volatility. I don't know. You don't know. But I can tell you right now that the, that the person who creates the greatest value in terms of solutions is the person that wins. I wrote down, make sure uh, you understand this trend. Um, emotional value is absolutely 100% on the rise and economic value is 100% on the decline in terms of decisioning. But what allows you to connect emotionally is when you solve economic problems. And the greatest economic problem facing the United States is somewhere between seven and 8.5 out of every 10 consumers, borrowers that we service every single day, claim that financial stress is the biggest stressor in their life. And so we have this new move towards fiscal literacy. We have this new move to consumer centricity. We have this new move that the local lender has got to really realize that my outreach has got to be beyond just the traditional referral models like realtors and builders. It's got to, it's got to be on the new horizon. It's got to be um, in the middle of what we see you know, consumer direct being and what we see the traditional local models. And so um, we're, 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 we're on the path right now as a company to really solve the economic challenges that, you know, between 70 and 85% of consumer uh, group of 10 is facing. And so when you, we look at solving, um, the third thing I wrote down is you have to be prepared to answer. And one of the greatest things I think in today's society that, that we have as a tool is the idea of content on demand, the idea of instant, instant answers, right? I mean, I can sit here and open Google Chrome right now and open the screen, and you could tell me right now, Cindy, uh, yeah, Cindy's online. Cindy could hit me, and she says, I need, I need a solution to this. And I don't have to have the solution, but if I can be the bridge between what somebody wants and the answer they need by understanding the Google society, which is all I call it, right? It's the knowledge uh, base that we have worldwide. You can, you can literally search for anything you want and you can be in the solution business on demand. And you've got to decide of the 17 million responses you might get in 0.4 seconds. You got to decide what the best answer is. But the solutionist is the one that will get through any tough market. He who solves at the deepest and highest level is the person that will have the greatest loyalty and the greatest conversion. So change your conversations a little bit. Ask questions you've never asked so you can learn things you've never learned, <clears throat> so you can solve things you've never solved. That's, that's the key to that one. So embrace winning, embrace connecting, embrace solving. And then the last one is embrace engaging. Embrace engaging. And what we, what we see happening in the society in which you know, we exist every day is there is a plea, there's a plea for empathy. There's a plea for humanity. I was in Kalamazoo, Michigan last week, and I had a chance to, to work with our, our friends at Ameriprise and uh, part of their mortgage rally. And it was really, really a, a, a sensationally good time. But I, I had a chance to um, sit down with their, their CMO and, and we were talking about their theme for the year. And um, it's really interesting if you if you look at um, a great book that's out right now. It's called Marketing Rebellion, and the subtitle of the book is "The Most Human Company Wins." And I think that that what's happening right now is we need to rehumanize mortgage. We need to rehumanize 
the borrower experience. And that is really hard to get your head around when your pipeline is probably bigger than it's ever been. <clears throat> People desire at the deepest level of transaction pressure. And, and let's face it, it'll never change, but buying a house and financing a house is probably the most fearful thing that people approach, even though they're excited about it and they're optimistic about it. And our job is to engage at a level where, as Donald Miller told us at ALE two years ago, where we become the expert guide in helping our consumers win. And if you can understand engagement, which is deep, it's real, it's, it's empathic, uh, if you can understand right now, right now as I speak, that humanity as a desired transactional component versus technology as a desired transactional component, humanity is outpacing technology by 11 points. That means that the world still desires, except for India, Venezuela, and Brazil, the world still desires a mix between humanity and technology. But humanity is winning by 11 points. And that's worldwide. That's everywhere except for the, the regions I just mentioned. So what does humanity look like in tough times? Well, humanity, in tough times meaning with the virus and all that, not necessarily tough times in terms of volume, what it means is you slow down the conversation to speed up the depth of relationship. Talking too fast, which is a pressure when we have you know, pipelines that are bursting, talking too fast and not slowing down is the pathway to really, really, really disengage with a customer. And, um, and I think that, that the societal change and shift that we must go through is a shift towards rehumanizing the consumer experience. And that's one of our kind of our, our new trademarks that we're, that we're looking at is, is how do we become more human? And then how do we use technology as the, uh, you know, as the rails that, that help us stay on the right course? So faith versus fear. You need to decide today what you're embracing and how you'll go forward in the market. You got to decide what your attitude is towards winning. You got to strategically decide what you're going to bet on in terms of connecting. And I'm going to ask you to bet on relationship and I'm going to ask you to bet on emotion. You've got to make a decision to solve. And you cannot solve at the level that I would like you to solve if you're not asking the questions you've never asked, because if you're just asking the same old questions, you're, you're just offering the same old solutions. And I think that the society in which we are, are living and going into demands, demands better solutions. And I think you can be the bridge to make that happen. So that's pretty exciting. And then finally, engaging. And the final thing I want to say to you, because uh, these, these are, are limited to a half hour, is I want, I want you to understand that um, there is this concept called flow, right? And, and flow is defined as every situation that you find yourself in and, and every situation that I find myself in, every one of them has a silver lining, has a, a reason for being. And when you, when you look at flow and you look at, um, gosh, everything happens for a reason. And, and I've got to see the good in everything that happens and how I respond to any situation that occurs in my life determines how I get through that moment. And all life is is a series of moments every day, maybe dozens, maybe, 
you know, maybe hundreds of, of moments that we've got to make these decisions. I mean, uh, psychology says we process about 75,000 decisions a day. Um, wow. <laughs> That's a load for anybody's mind. So how do you see that and, and, uh, and how do you respond to it, right? And so these four things, winning, connecting, solving, and engaging, I think are the way to, to really dominate, not only in how you get through the, the, the non-professional stuff we're going through today, but, but equally important, is is how you get through the professional stuff and so let's um let's own the season we're in let's be proactive and address the things that are concerning and and discomforting um let's rally together arm in arm um let's take this time and you know for us it's at least the next two weeks in california might be longer than that let's take this time to really really understand value and connection and let's do some really powerful things uh together so I'm going to stay on. If anybody wants to to hit a a question or anything over the sidebar, um, we are at our 30 minute uh, kind of end here. It looks like we had uh, a lot of people on, and hi to all of you. And um, um, if anybody has any questions, I'm just going to stay on the uh, the comment bar here on the right. And uh, thank you, Michael Mayer, for that great compliment. Um, awesome. So I'm going to just wait two minutes, and if anybody wants to post a question, um, go ahead and post that. And if not, we'll go ahead and include uh, this recording and let you get on with the day. I think everybody's super busy. Dan and Chatter, good to see you. Zion Group's on. Great to see you guys. Kurt Henry, Canada. Great to see you, Kurt. Uh, John Klubnick, John, long time, brother. Wayne Angelo, amazing message, thought I couldn't agree more. That's because you're one of our best high trust coaches, and we appreciate you. Thanks to all the coaches that are on. Uh, awesome, awesome, awesome. Wally, good to see you, buddy. Wally Hovick, I love you, man. Uh, good to see you. Uh, Tracy Moore, thanks, Tracy. That's a beautiful comment. Matt Harrison, Coach Harrison. John Manglardi's on. Wow. Hey, John. So it uh, looks like everybody's kind of settled in. Uh, thanks, thanks, thanks. Speaks to the importance of coaching support. So let me tell you right now. Um, I spent two and a half hours yesterday in a coaching session for me. And, uh, you know, I, I firmly believe that, that, that none of us as individuals have all the answers. I said, I said to somebody uh, in a group setting yesterday, I said, a cord of many is not easily severed. And the most important cord you have is you and an accountability partner. And so the reason why high trust coaching was invented and the reason why high trust today as a, an ecosystem uh, was launched is we all need, we all need accountability. You can be a thought leader and you still need accountability. You can be brand new, like some of you on Hytrust Today were just two years ago, and you can be scaling, but you can't. Here's the goal in life. The goal is to minimize the amount of bad decisions and maximize and optimize the amount of good decisions. And until the win column is, is, is bigger than the loss column, we have a chance to improve. And then the danger is once the win column is much bigger than the loss column, we have a danger to regress. And so for me, the best investment anybody ever makes is the investment in themselves, right? For me, it's true. And, you know, we invest uh, six figures every year to, for me as the CEO to be able to, to connect with thought leaders around the world and other businesses and, and continue to gain knowledge so that you guys can trust our solutions. Um, I think as my, my letter to everybody said today to the global world that we sent out, you know, this is, uh, the one thing you can bet on in the future is, is how you stimulate and, and grow relationships. The most important relationship you have is with your inner circle and your family. 
and the second layer is with the people that are on your team and the third layer is with the people that you count on to refer business to you and then, and the fourth layer is every consumer beyond that and um, the one commonality through that ripple effect i just laid out is the commonality of trust the deeper the trust um, the higher the connection the more loyalty there is and the easier relationships become and so uh, speaking to the idea of coaching, um, nobody has all the answers, but together we have every answer we need. And so rely on that. Thank you, Cindy, for that. That was good. Um, so, Michael, so that's it. Here's two new comments. Let me just make sure there's no questions. Man, here we need to be the, oh, I love that, Matt. We need to be the calm voice in the storm. You know, there's a song by a band called Newsboys called Stay Strong. And uh, if you want to really get motivated today, listen to that song, Stay Strong by Newsboys. And then I also got an email this morning. Let me just pop this open real quick from, um, from Linda's team. And uh, the branch manager is, is Linda's son, Craig Brown. And he sent, a, uh, he sent a, um, the synopsis of the, the, the theme song from Frozen 2. And uh, the words are just powerful. Um, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to post the words right now on High Trust today. And uh, you guys will be able to read that in about four minutes. So cool. All right, I'm going to check out. I hope you guys have a blessed day. And uh, thanks for letting us uh, be uh, at least a, a light uh, house and helping you navigate a really important decision as you put her along. And uh, be well today and uh, stay strong and uh, add value. And uh, we will get through this and we will be better for it. Thank you guys.